Okay, so we're up to Daf Lamid Hey Amid Bays. I'll quickly run through from the two dots just to get a flow going. Tanur Abonon, Arayis Vishnias La Arayis. So women who are Arayis and rabbinic ervas, Ein Lahem Knas Vlepito. You don't have to pay a penalty for Knas and Pito. Now this is not like our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said that there is. This is disagreeing with our Mishnah. Okay. And the rationale behind this is, we had a reference to the Shita earlier on in the Masechta. Um, the, the reference to this is, is because the Pasuk says that if you rape a woman, that you have to pay money, and one of the penalties is they have to marry her if she chooses. Um, so you could argue that you, could only, you only have to pay money to a woman you could marry, which would exclude Arayis. Our Mishnah doesn't believe in that, but this Brisa does. Okay. If a woman does miyun, so she annulled her marriage, she does not have to. She does not get a knas because you only pay a knas for a woman who's a basula. If she annulled her marriage, it means she was married, so she's not a basula. Okay, islandis ain't An islandis doesn't. Ha- you also don't have to pay a penalty for an islandis. Now, why is that? This is because an islandis, a woman till she's twenty, she has the when when an islandis is a woman who doesn't physically mature. So the halacha is that until the age of 20, we're not sure. And then once she's 20, she becomes an islandess. According to Rameyer, the, the way you want look at an islandess is that she's a katana. She's under bat mitzvah until she's 20, and then she becomes an islandess, then she becomes an adult. She actually skips that stage called naira. She skips that six-month stage from 12 to 12 and a half because she's a child till she's 20, and then once she's 20, she's already a full adult. The reason why you don't pay a kanas is because this is following the view of Rameyer, that there's no knas for a girl under bat mitzvah. So she's under bat mitzvah until she's 20, and then she's already an adult. So you skip the period where you'd have to pay a knas. It's a technicality. Okay. If a woman has, the Gemara is going to explain this means a woman has bad reputation, you don't have to pay a knas because you could assume that she's not a basula. We'll see exactly what the what the situation is. Okay, now my arayis, my shnias arayis. What exactly is the case of arayis and shnias arayis where you do not pay a knas? Ilema arayis, go to the next page, arayis mamish. Yeah, you only have to pay if it's a naira and she's a psula, the Pasuk says it. So, what's an arayis and what's a shnias arayis? What's the case? Ilema arayis mamish and shnias medivri soifrim. If you'll say arayis is real arayis and shnias are rabbinic arayis, kivin the medirais achaze amayim leknas. Why, why do you not pay if, uh, if, she's, if, uh, if it's a Durabonon Erva? Midderaisa, she's a woman you could marry. Midderaisa, you raped a woman that you have to pay a knas. So because it's a rabbinic Erva, Chazal, you don't have to pay? That doesn't make any sense. Why would the, a rabbinic Erva, if it's a Deraisa woman you could marry, why would a rabbinic Erva exclude that? That doesn't make any sense. So why do you not have to pay? She's a woman that you could marry, Deiraisa. She's a healthy, regular woman. So the Chazal made an Issa Derabonah that you don't have to pay a Knas? It doesn't make sense. Why would Chazal's uh, stringencies undo a monetary obligation? So the Gemara says, you're right. Arayis is Chayvi Misas Bezdin. Arayis refers to Misas Bezdin, and Shnias is Chayvi Krisus. Normally Shnias is Derabonah, Shnias over here means Chayvi Krisus. So you don't pay a Knas for a Misa and for Kares. But you do pay a knas if you rape a woman who's chayve laven. Why? Money shimenati manihi, and it follows the view of shimenati money. Shimenati money shita is you only pay a knas for a woman that kedushin is typhus. <clears throat> so we had the shita. I don't know about 
10 days ago. So according to Shimon HaTemani, you pay a knas for any woman that Kedushin is typhus. So not just a woman you could live with practically, but a woman who is Kedushin is typhus. So that's any woman and Chayvei Lavin. But you don't pay for Chayvei Kares and Chayvei Misas Bezdin. Okay. Ikadamri, some have a different version, that Arayas is Chayv Misas Bezdin v'chayv Krisas. Some say no. According to this Brisa, you don't pay a knas if you rape a woman who's Chayv Misa or Chayv Kares. And Shni is Chayv Lavin. And you don't pay for Chayv Lavin either. Why? Is Roshim Bemenasihi, because the followers of you, Roshim Benasi, Roshim Benasi, Shita is, you only pay a knas for a woman that you could practically live with. Not Kedushinist type, is that you could practically be with, which excludes Chayve Lavin and Chayve Kares and Chayve Mises Bez. You don't pay for all that, but you pay for a regular, it has to be a regular kosher woman that you pay a knas to. Okay. Let's go weiter. Now, here's the deal. The Braisa then said that if a woman did miyun, you don't pay a knas. Why? Because she's not a basula. Yeah? If she did miyun, that means she's not a basula. Let me ask you a question. How old is a woman when she does miyun? Up to 12, right? Under bat mitzvah. That implies that you only don't pay a knas because she was a married woman. But if she wasn't a married woman and she was the same age, she's a 10-year-old, you would pay a knas. So this follows the view that you pay a knas if you rape a girl under bat mitzvah, which is not like Rav Meir. Okay? The implication is that a katana that age, isle, you would have to pay a knas. I mean, it's dafka a woman that did miyun because she's a, she was not a basula. But if it was not a woman that did miyun, but the same age, I mean, it's dafka miyun. But if it's the same, the same age of a girl, I mean, if the issue, if you don't pay a knas for a girl under bar mitzvah, you don't have to say miyun, just say hisdam. All girls under bar mitzvah, and you know miyun. But miyun is under bar mitzvah, so... Why do you say Mian? Because she's not a basula, because she's a married woman. The implication she was married. The implication is, but any other girl that age, you do pay a knas. Who does that follow? Money Rabbanan. That follows the Rabbanan. Because again, Rameir Sheet is you don't pay a knas for a katana. But here's the problem. Why do you not pay a knas by an islandist? So I said before, because an islandist is a katana in Halacha. So the first line implies that you pay a knas by a katana. The second line by an islandist implies that you don't pay a knas by a katana. It's a contradiction. I mean, the first line is you don't pay a knas by a mamenes because she was a married woman. The implication is if not for the whole her being a married woman, you would pay a knas. I, she's a katana, you pay a knas by a katana. But then an islandist, the Braise says, you don't pay a knas. Why? Because she's a katana. So do you pay a knas by a katana or not? It's a contradiction within the Braise. Um... You don't pay a knas by an islandess. Why? Because she's a katana in halacha. So that's also Rav Meir. That follows Rav Meir. Dama katana in la knas. Because she's a katana until she's 20, then she instantly becomes an adult. And this b'raisa, so, so it's a contradiction. The first line of the b'raisa, implies that you pay a knas by a katana. The second line implies that you don't. So which one is it? So Reisha Rabbanon v'sefer Rav Meir. The first line is the Rabbanon, and the next line is Rav Meir. That's a bit of a strange thing. He perhaps like this. Really, the entire Brisa follows Rav Meir that you do not pay a knas by a katana. So why by a mamenes? So why so why does it single out mamenes? Right? Again, it, it singles out mamenes to say you don't do a, you don't pay a knas for a me and why? Because she was married. And she's not a basula. Forget about that. She's a katana. What's the age of me and? Up to 12. 
So forget about the fact that you don't pay a knas because she was a married woman at the time. Forget about it. It's a katana. The answer is, perhaps this follows the view of Rav Yehuda. Rav Yehuda Shita is that a woman can do miyun even after bat mitzvah for six months. We don't pass in that way, but that's Rav Yehuda Shita. So perhaps the case of miyun is really following Rav Yehuda, meaning a katana you don't pay a knas. And that's why an islandist doesn't pay a knas. So Memenis also doesn't pay a knas. But, not, but don't deduce from there that other girls her age you do pay because other girls her age are not katanas, meaning this is following the view that a girl... What was the kasha? The kasha was, Arbreiser says you don't pay a knas by a katana, but it says a woman who did me and you don't pay a knas because she was married. The implication is every other girl her age you do pay a knas. I, every other girl her age is 10. The answer is no. This follows the shita of Rav Yehuda that you could do me and above bat mitzvah. And therefore, don't, you don't deduce anything regarding me and regarding a girl under bat mitzvah because it's referring to a girl from 12 to 12 and a half. So the Gemara that, that says, my, yeah, yeah, so the Gemara says, v'chitem akulur av meiri, really follows av meiri that you don't pay, that you don't do, uh, pay a knas for a katana. Uba menes savalak rav Yehuda, but by me and he holds like rav Yehuda that you could do me and above the age of bat mitzvah. The problem is, Said it's really Rav Meir, but he follows for me and that he holds he could go above twelve. The problem is that's not true. Umi The Brisa says an habas memamenes. Until one, what age could a girl do me in? Rav Meir says up to bat mitzvah, not past that. Rav Yehuda says until she has more pubic hair, whatever it is, until she's twelve and a half. The point is, Rav Meir doesn't believe in that. So we're back to the original problem, which is. Is this, does this Brisa say, does this Brisa follow the view of Rameir that you don't do a knas for a katana or the Rabbana that you do? So the Gemara says, okay. Let's go reverse. Really, the Brisa is being authored by Rav Yehuda, who says that you could do me and above the age of 12, and he happens to hold like Rav Meir that you don't pay, you don't pay a knas for a katana. Meaning it can't be Rav Meir and he holds like Rav Yehuda because Rav Meir doesn't. It's Rav Yehuda and he holds like Rav Meir. The problem is, Umi Savrla, that also doesn't work. Vam Rav Yehuda Merav, Zudiv Rav Meir. Vemisa Zudiv Rav Meir, Rav Yehuda Mibayle. The problem is, you're now saying like this. This Bryce is authored by Rav Yehuda. That holds that you could do Mian above the age of 12. And therefore when the Bryce says you don't pay a knas for a woman who did Mian, it's because she was married. The implication is girls her age you do because girls her age are above bat mitzvah. And really, Rabbi Yehuda holds like Rameir, that you do not pay a knas for a girl that's a katana. The problem is, whenever they describe Rameir Shita, it says Zudiv Rameir. It should say Zudiv Rameir for Rabbi Yehuda. If Rameir and Rabbi Yehuda are lockstep, then it should mention it somewhere. So the Gemara says, you're right. Haitana, so the answer is Haitana. The answer to the question is the most obvious answer, which is, what was the problem? The problem is the Brysa starts off following Rameir, but then the Brysa says, not like Rameir. Is the first line Rameir and the next line not Rameir? What's going on? The answer is, this Tana agrees with Rameir in one halacha and disagrees with Rameir in another halacha. He holds like Rameir that there's no knas for a katana, but he doesn't hold like Rameir because he believes that a mamenes can go above the age of 12 and a half. Uh, uh, till 12 and a half. So the author of this Brysa agrees with Rameir in one area, but disagrees with Rameir in another area. Okay, that happens all the time. Rafram Amar, my mamenes haruyulamayan. Rafram has a much easier answer, and that is like this. What was the problem? Our Brysa, because it says in Islandis, you don't pay a knas, that's another way of saying you don't pay a knas for a katana. Okay. 
Here's the problem. The Brisa also says you don't pay a kanas for a mamenas. Why? Because she was married. Forget about that. It's under bat mitzvah. Just say you don't pay. So the answer is, when the Brisa says you don't pay a kanas for a mamenas, it means haroya lamayin. It doesn't mean a girl who actually did mean. It means a girl who's at the age of doing mean. So in other words, when it says lememamenes, it means kitana. It doesn't mean a, wor- a girl who actually did mean and the problem is that she was a married woman. No, no, it means a girl who is at the age eligible of mean. Meaning, i.e., she's under bat mitzvah. So the Gemara says, last problem, velisni kitana. But if that's the case, then you should just say kitana. Meaning, if when it says mimamenes, it means a girl who's at the age that could do mean, meaning, in other words, a katana, then just say that. Kasha, that's a good kasha. Okay. Weiter. There's a lot of just like short little nuggets. Okay. If it's a dead, if, if you're hot, I could turn on the air conditioner. You good? I'm going to get hot soon. Okay. <laughs> okay, the Bryce says like this. Islandess ain't like knas pizza. You don't pay a knas for an islandess. Now, why? Because an islandess has the status of a katana. She has the status of a girl under bat mitzvah, and you don't pay a knas for a girl under bat mitzvah. Fine. Or many, I have a contradiction. The Brisa says hachareshes, a girl who's deaf mute, bashaita, and she's mentally unstable. Islandess or an islandess yeshlahen knas, yeshlahen tainas besulim. They have a knas. And they're considered besulim, that if the husband claims she's not a besulim, she loses her money. So, oh, our Bryce says, and Eilis doesn't have a knas, this Bryce says, they do have a knas. It's a contradiction. So the answer is incredibly obvious, and that is, what's the issue with an Eilis getting a knas? Is that she's a katana. I, one Bryce says an Eilis gets a knas, one Bryce says an Eilis doesn't get a knas. We've had a machleikas many, many, many times, and that is between the mayor and the rabbanon, does a katana get a knas? This machlokas is the same machlokas regarding islandess. It's an incredibly obvious answer. The Gemara says, Vahaimai, what's the kasha? Rumyahi, my karumyahi, Rumya, The answer is very obvious. Does an islandess get a knas? It depends. An islandess is a katana. So does a katana get a knas? It's a machlokas, or the rabbana. And the Gemara says, it's such an obvious question and answer. The person asking, what was he thinking? Meaning, it's such an obvious answer. Well, like, what's the Havamina? So the answer is, that, that question and answer was obvious to him. But he wanted to introduce the next question and answer. What's the next question and answer? The Bryce has said that an islandess, a shaita, and a chareshes get a knas, and the husband can claim that they're not a basula, and they'll lose the money. The problem is, this was his real question. The following brisa: Hachareshes v'hashota v'abogeres u'mukaseitz ein lahentainus besulim. That's his question. One brisa says that a chareshes and a shoita has a tainus besulim, meaning that if the husband claims that he, she's not a besula, it's a legitimate claim, and she forfeits her ksuba. But this brisa says ein lahentainus besulim that we don't cons- uh, think they're a besula. And if the husband claims they're not a basula, we don't believe the husband. So one, that's the contradiction. Do we believe the husband or not when he claims that they're a basula? You see, if the women are assumed to be basulim, then we'll believe basulos, then we'll believe them. If they're assumed to be non-basula, then we're not going to believe the husband. The contradiction is, could you claim that your wife, who's a chareshes or a shaita, 
is a basula is not a basula or not. That's this. That's the contradiction. Now, before we get to the answer, let's just finish the raisa. Hasuma, someone who's blind, violinist, and an islandist, yeshlantinus basulim. The husband can claim that they're not a basula to forfeit the ksuba. And he says, no, every blind woman you have to assume is not a basula. We'll explain in a moment why. Why? We'll get to it in a moment. So the contradiction is, one Bryce says that a chareshes and a shaita you assume is a basula, and if the husband claims she's not, she forfeits the ksuba. One Bryce says, no, the husband's claim is not legitimate. So what's the answer? The answer is, lo kasha harav gamliel harav yeshua. The answer is like this. If you remember from the beginning of the Masechta, there were like four Mishnayis in a row where Rav Gamliel and Rav Yeshua argued, do we believe the woman or the man? Rav Gamliel always believed the woman when she claims anything. So if he claims, you're not a basula and you weren't a basula before we got married, it's Mechachtos, and she says, no, I got raped after marriage, we believe her, according to Rav Gamliel. Rav Yeshua says, we never believe her. We always believe the husband. And it was a constant machlaikas that we've had. That same achleikas would apply by a chareshes and by a shaita. You see, a shaita and a chareshes, she can't speak. The husband comes into court and says, she's not a basula. Rav Yeshua will say, well, we're going to believe the husband. Rav Gamliel would tell you, not only do we not believe the husband, we actually defend the woman and we say, we, whatever taina she could, she could have said if she was healthy that Rav Gamliel would accept, we say for her. So the brisa of do we one brisa that says that we believe that we, we believe the husband one brisa says we don't it depends who you follow if you follow Rav Yeshua you believe the husband if you follow Rav Gamliel where if she would make a claim we would believe her then we believe her even without her claim. Now the Gemara says the obvious question. How do you believe her without her claim? Meaning we make a claim for her. So that's the Gemara's kasha. The Gemara's ah. So the Gemara says my father's question was Ema the Shamalei the Rav Gamliel. I understand Rav Gamliel shayt the hecha the katayna ihi. When she makes a claim. But if she doesn't make a claim, how can we make a claim for her? Right? You know, the husband says uh, she's not a basula. And she's sitting there because she's a deaf mute. And we're saying, according to Gamliel, we should say, uh, maybe she was raped after marriage. Yeah, but she didn't say that. So the Gemara says, In the Amr of Gamliel Mehimna, going to Psach Pichalalamu. The answer is because Rav Gamliel believes her, we open up the mouth for those that are deaf, meaning we, we're, we're Malamit's chus on them. I don't know, it's a very interesting thing that we like make a claim for her woman. It's, it's, very, it's a very big chiddush, but that, that's what the Gemara says. Okay, Vaiter. Is this a Rachmanis? Is that the reason? I guess so. Yeah, I guess so, right? She can't speak, so maybe she, if she was able to speak, she would say this. And according to Rav Gamliel, she'll be believed so. We open up her mouth for her. I don't know, it's interesting. Okay, Habageres in Latinus Basulam. Amarav. Now, Abageres is a girl above 12 and a half. So the Bryce says there's no Tinus Basulam, meaning, meaning if the husband claims she's not a Basulam, we don't believe her. Now, the question is, why would that be? Every girl that's above 12 and a half is not a Basulam. That's very strange. I Hamarav Begeres Noisan Lairishina. The halacha is that a Begeres, no matter how many times you live with her the first night after marriage, all the blood you assume is Dam Basulam. Meaning, we don't pass in that way, but in other words, go to the next page. In other words, a Begeres, a girl above 12 and a half, has blood the first time they live together. So how could you say, how could you say that, 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 um, we don't believe that, that above the age of 12 and a half, they don't have Tainus Damim, 
meaning if the husband claims she's not a basula, we, 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 you know, um, we don't believe the husband because no one's a basula at that age. What do you mean? Well, why are they not a basula at 12 and a half? Right? He makes a claim. We don't believe him. We don't believe his claim. He says, she's not a basula. We're like, yeah, whatever. You know, I can believe that she, uh, she did anything wrong. We're just going to say, ah, oh, she's a big garris. Why? A girl 12 and a half, what's, what's going on? So the answer is, the answer is it depends what his claim was. If he claims that she didn't, he, she doesn't have blood, that's a legitimate claim. She should have blood. If he says pesach pesuach, pesach pesuach means that that part of the body is not as tight. As she gets older, that part of the body is not as tight as a katana or a naira. So it just depends on what his claim is. If his claim is pesach pesuach. Pesach Pesuch, we're not going to believe him because Pesach Pesuch is not necessarily a sign of anything negative happening to her. As a woman gets older, that part of the body, it's not as, it's not as restricted. But if he is, I didn't see blood, she should have blood. That's something that we'll take uh, into consideration. So it just depends on what his taina is. Okay? Sumcha says that a suma, a girl who's blind... If the husband claims she's not a basula, we don't listen to the husband. Because we assume that, but, but why? So the Gemara says, my time with the Sumchotza was a blind woman was different. Because we assume that maybe she doesn't have blood because she had an injury before she got married. She fell, she was riding a horse, something happened to her, she got hurt. So the question is, every girl, why is it like, it's not like blind, blind people, I mean blind people fall over probably more, but, but like, What's the difference between a blind girl and a non-blind girl? So the Gemara says, The answer is, The answer is, the average girl, if she hurts herself when she's younger and she sees blood, she'll tell someone, she'll tell her mom, she'll tell her doctor, and they'll say, oh, it was, you know, it'll be investigated, it'll be found out. With her, she might fall, hurt herself, and not notice the blood because she's blind. So therefore, if she doesn't have blood when she gets married, it's not an assumption that she committed adultery, the assumption is that she had lost it before and just didn't notice it. Okay. If a woman has a shamra, shamra means adultery, then um, uh, you, you don't, uh, you don't uh, if, you, if, if someone rapes her afterwards, he doesn't pay because she's not a basula. The question is, wait a minute, if she committed adultery, she should get the death penalty. So what are you talking about? Yaitzimshemra means that a woman uh, committed adultery. So you can say, if after she committed adultery and then gets divorced, a person rapes her, there's no payment because she's not a basula. Forget about that. She committed adultery. <laughs> she gets the death penalty. So the Gemara says, what it means is, if people say, if there's rumors, we'll explain exactly the nature of these rumors, but if word around town is that she's not a basula, before, before she's married, she's a single girl, but there's word around town that she's, that she's uh, not the most erlicha uh, girl in the world, and that she's not a basula, then if a man rapes her, we don't pay, because we assume that she wasn't a basula. We take... You people like the rumor into account. Now we're gonna to have to figure out. We generally don't take a rumor. It has to be more than that. So we're gonna to have to figure out exactly what this is. But we take this into account. So the Gemara says, Amr of Papa. Of Papa says, you see from here, Shmami Na. The very fact that we take like the rumor into account when it comes to this, and if rumor is that she's not a basula, we assume she's not a basula. So so too, Haishtara Ria Loi Magvinabe. If there's a rumor going around town that this document, that a person has a financial document, is forged, we won't, we won't, we won't accept it. 
I mean, the same way we accept rumors when it comes to um, her being a basula or not, that if the rumor is that she's not a basula, we'll assume she's not a basula. Again, we'll have to define the rumor in a minute. Well, we'll explain what the rumor is in a moment. But the same way we accept it for that, we also accept it that if people are saying that this document is forged, we will not use that document in court. Now, the question is, what does it mean, rumor? Rumor is not strong enough on its own. So it has to be more than that. So the Gemara says... What's the case? What's the Pashim Shah? There's a rumor. Rumor in round town is that this document was forged. Rumor around town is that she's not a Basula. The problem is, Rav said, the fact that there's a rumor that this girl was a Zona does not, is not enough. We don't take rumors into account. You, gotta, you need more than that. So the answer is, when, when it says that there's a rumor, it doesn't mean just a rumor that people like talk, people gossip, people schmooze all the time. They, especially around the younger kids, they say, oh, she's a Zainer, she's a Zainer, everyone's a Zainer. What, what does it mean? The Gemara says, el da'osu betray, means two witnesses came forward. Two witnesses come forward and said, she asked us to do an Aver, she propositioned us for Aver. Not that they saw her do something wrong. It's a rumor based on two witnesses said, she asked us to do an Aver. That's That's no, but it's not an Edus that they actually saw her do anything. It's an Edus that she propositioned them. She said, I'd like to do an Aver with you. They said no. But the point is, because there are two witnesses that said that she propositioned them, that's enough to say that she's probably done it with other people. Now, what would Does it be? Does this have to be in front of, of Beitin? Well, the two witnesses then, 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 yeah, then go to Besdin, yes. Now, the, the 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 problem is like this: What's the equivalent by a star? That means two people say someone asked us to forge a document for him. Not again. It can't, it's not that they actually know what happened. It's that two people were propositioned, propositioned by a woman, or in this case, propositioned to forge a document. Two guys who have a printing press were approached by this guy. Please forge a document for us. And we accept both. The same way we accept that she's a Zona because we believe that that's, there's enough smoke to be fire. So too we believe that that document is forged. Now the Gemara just says, here's the difference. The Gemara says... Yeah, but would you... Now, the Gemara just says, but wait a minute. It's not exactly... What, what exactly is the concern? Two guys, if a woman propositions two men she probably will find the man who's willing to do it because the Arias, the, the Yitzhahar of Arias is so strong that not everyone is a tzaddik. But the fact that this guy is going over to two men who have printing presses and says, hey, can you forge a document? They said no. Well, maybe everyone that has a printing press is in Ehrlich. It's not like there's a big Yitzhahar. Like, I understand a girl's going over from guy to guy propositioning. At some point, someone's going to give in. But a guy going around asking printers to... To forge a document, who says that they, he ever found someone? And the Gemara answers very, very simply. The answer is, you're right. At some point, he'll have done it himself. You see, a woman, to do an Aver, you need two people. So you need someone else. So if she propositions enough people, someone's going to give in. Over here, he's propositioning printers. It's not that we assume one printer will give in. We'll assume at some point, he'll figure out how to do it himself. At some point, he'll realize that there's a program online that he could just forge a document himself. That, that's, the, that's the answer. 
Okay. Weiter, new Mishnah. Okay. The person's running around, going to aid them, propositioning them. It's like, you know, there's no, there's no, um, you lose your, lose your name on this in that regard. Right in the Mishnah. These are the women that there is no financial knas if you honest them. Any woman who uh, was taken captive or converted after the age of three. Because any woman who was taken captive, we assume, was was violated. And all girls that convert, we assume, lived with someone before they converted. So therefore, they're not a basula. And the halacha is you only pay a knas for a basula. Okay. Rav Yehuda Oimer, Rav Yehuda has an interesting shita, which we have not seen till now. We've always been under the assumption that if a woman is taken captive, under most circumstances, you assume that she was violated. Right, we had Mishnayis when I was in New Hampshire. I remember Mishnayis about the wife of a Kayan, that unless there were you know guards, we assume that she was violated. Rabbi Hudashita is that all women that are taken captive, we assume were not touched. Meaning the the captors we do not assume will actually live with them. They might fondle or grope or do anything inappropriate, but to actually live with them, we we do not assume that. That's Rabbi Hudashita. Okay. Now the last part of the Mishnah, which is that if you live, if you rape a woman who would give you the death penalty, so then you don't have to pay the knas. Because the death penalty covers the financial payment, which we've had many, many times. If someone rapes his daughter, his granddaughter, his granddaughter, his stepdaughter, his granddaughter, um, step-granddaughter, there's no knas, because they're getting the death penalty, because you're getting the death penalty down here, and any time you have the death penalty, you don't pay, because the Pasuk says that if there is no fatality, then you pay. The implication is once there's a fatality, you do not pay. Alright, let's just run up to the end of the Gemara. Okay. Um, Rav Rav Yehuda Shita is that a woman who um, was taken captive, you assume, was not touched. Um, Rav Yehuda says, Rav Yehuda and Rav Daisa both say the same Shita. Taken captive for ransom. Correct. Now, Rav Yehuda and Rav Daisa both say the same thing. Meaning they both feel that taken captive, you do not assume that they were violated. Now, the Gemara says, Rav Yehuda Ad right, we have Rav Yehuda Shita in the Mishnah, where is this Rav Daisa? Rav Daisa de Tanya. Shvuya Eichel's Petruma, did Rav Daisa. Rav Daisa said that a woman who was married to a Kayan, who was taken captive and then released, she could continue eating Truma. Now, if she was violated, she obviously would not be allowed to eat Truma, but we assume that she was not. So Rav Daisa and Rav Yehuda both assume that a woman taken captive uh, are still kosher. And the, Rav Dosa spoke it out. Because they fondled her that she should be puzzled. Meaning, even if they act inappropriately, they're not actually going to live with her. And therefore, you assume that she's still kosher. Okay. So you have Rav Yehud and Rav Dosa saying the same thing. Now, Omer Rabbah, Perhaps Rav Yehud and Rav Dosa don't agree with each other. Again, they're both saying the same thing. They're just talking about two different scenarios. They're both saying the same psak, which is that if a woman is taken captive, she's kosher. Now, Rav Daisa said it regarding she could continue eating truma. Rav Yehuda said it regarding 
that if a man rapes her afterwards, he has to pay. Because she's a psula. The Gemara says, maybe they don't agree with each other. Maybe Rabbi Yehuda only said his shita over here, so that someone who does an Avera shouldn't, 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 uh, shouldn't get away with it. Think about it over here, right? You have a woman who's taken captive, yeah? If she's a basula, she's either basula or not. We don't know if she was violated by the captors. A year later, she was raped, right? So if she was a basula, then the rapist has to pay. If she wasn't, then the rapist doesn't have to pay. Rav Yudha says she's a basula. So we assume that Rav Yudha has a shita for all things. Maybe not. Maybe Rav Yudha's shita is only in this case because he, he wants to punish the rapist. Why should the rapist get away with it? Because maybe she was violated, maybe not. I don't know if Rav Yudha would allow her to eat truma, I mean, we're assuming the review that like Mamish treats her as kosher. Maybe not. Maybe over here he treats her as kosher because he wants to punish the rapist. And also the opposite. Maybe Rav Daisa is only lenient by Truma because Truma nowadays is what? It's Darabonon. Worst case scenario, she's not, she shouldn't be eating Truma and she's eating Truma. It's Darabonon. It's not the end of the world. But regarding making him pay, making the rapist pay, which is a chiv so which is taking money from another person, maybe he shouldn't have to pay. I Meaning maybe they don't agree with each other. And the Gemara says, Okay. Now, so therefore, maybe they don't agree. Now, the Gemara just pointed out, what's Rabbi Yehuda Shita, perhaps? Rabbi Yehuda Shita, perhaps, is not that we know that she's a basula, but we want to punish the rapist. We don't want him to get away with it. Is that Rabbi Yehuda Shita? It's just to punish rapists, like to, to make sure, Le'echait in Iskar? Amr the time of Rabbi Yudah Hacha Shleichet in Iskar is that Rabbi Yudah Shita? That's what it's based on. But Tanya, the Brisa says Rabbi Yudah Oymish Shvuyish Nishbis Harei Bekedushas Afilu Basas Hashanim Ksuva My Masayim Basa My Shleichet in Iskar Yika. You tell me Rabbi Yudah Shita is that not that he actually believes she's a basula, but he wants to just punish the rapist. So if a man rapes a woman who is after taken captive, let her let us assume that she's a basula, so that the, he has to pay. Is that really what his sheet is about? Because Rabbi Yudah also said that if a woman is taken captive and then released, any man that marries her has to pay full ksuba. What's the... Well, there's no rapist over there, so what's going on? So it must be Rabbi Yudah actually holds that she's a basula. Right? Right? Pashup Shad is Rabbi Yudah actually holds that she's a basula. Maybe not. Maybe it's just we want to punish the guy who, who attacked her. The problem is Rabbi Yudah also said that if a woman is taken captive and then released... Her future husband pays full ksuba, basula ksuba, like full ksuba, regular standard. So well, there's no rapist there. So it must be a view that actually holds that she's a basula. The Gemara says no. Perhaps hasanami del mimna The answer is again no. Could be a view that she does not that he actually knows she's a basula. He's just not sure. So by rape he wants to punish the rapist. Why over there does he say that you have to pay full ksuba? Because he wants to entice people to marry her. If a husband knows that by the wedding, she, you're going to have to say non-basula, maybe people are going to stop marrying her. So really, Rav Yudah is not confident that she's a basula. He wants to punish the rapist, and by the case of a basula, ksuba, he wants to entice people, he wants to incentivize marrying her. So we don't know actually if Rav Yudah is confident that she's a basula or not. Okay, let's just finish up. Rav Yudah holds that if a woman is taken captive, she's a basula. Yeah, I guess the answer is he knows that she was taken captive, so he knows all the information we do. I don't know, it's interesting. It's a good point. I don't know, it's a good point. Um, 
Let's just finish up. So the Gemara says that Rehuda Shita is that if a woman's taken captive, she's kosher. Here's the problem. Vatanya, the Brisa says like this. Hapoides Shvuya, if a Kayan redeems a woman, right? Meaning he pays the captives and he does Pidin Shvuyim. Yesena, he can marry her. Now, by the way, the Gemara is going to explain the reason why he can marry her is because we assume that a Kayan would not spend money unless he actually knew that she was a Basula. Unless he spoke to the captors or he's been watching her or something. Okay. Mayidba, but if after re, re, after paying for the ransom, he testifies that she's a basula, lo yisena, he can't marry her, which, by the way, doesn't make any sense. Obviously, testifying that she's a basula shouldn't make it worse. The Gemara is going to point this out in a second. Okay. Review the Oimer, review this as a Kayan redeems a woman from captivity. He's allowed to marry her because we assume that he would not redeem a woman unless he actually knew she was a basula. That's only one no, no, this is the Rabbanon. Even the Rabbanon, they would say that he, if he spends money, we assume. And then he says, but if after redeeming her, he testifies that she's a basula, no good. It doesn't make any sense. The, uh, the Gemara is going to amend it in a moment. Rav Yehuda Oimer, and this is the main point, Yehuda says in all scenarios, you can't marry her. A Kayan cannot marry her. Oh, yeah. Why? That's the exact opposite. Right before he said that if a woman's taken captive, she's kosher. Over here he says, Benka Yisana. Now, before we answer that, we're going to address the, my father's question, which is, why if you testify, the first line, if you testify about her, then it's worse? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Hagufa kasha, I don't understand. Because I, I pay for her, then I'm fine. But if I testify that she's a pasula, it's no good, it doesn't make any sense. What it means is like this. If you if you redeem the woman and say that she's a basula, you can marry her. If you just if you're not the one who redeemed the woman, you're just get up in court and say, Oh, hey, that woman, she's kosher, no good. You actually have to put the money exact put the money where the mouth is. So when it says mayidba, it means if you just testify about her without paying the money, you cannot marry her. You actually have to spend the money because we assume that if you spend the money, then it's legit. As opposed to if you just testify about her, we just assume that you wanted to marry her. Now Back to our question. Mikomakam Kasha. The Kasha is the Rav Yehuda. The Rav Yehuda originally said that all women that are taken captive are kosher, but then he says, So two answers. Uh, first is take out the word low. So in all scenarios, Rav Yehuda holds, you could marry her. Okay, that's that's very nice. Or another answer, Really, no, no, keep it the way it was. And it's Rav Yehuda saying, According to you, Rabbanan, lo yisena. Meaning, according to me, it's not a gay. According to me, Rabbi Yehuda is saying, lidvarai, according to me, you can marry this woman in all scenarios. But according to you, I think you should be able to, I mean, according to you, that you think that she was violated, then ben kachu, ben kach lo yisena. So your Rabbi Yehuda says, comrade lididi, Rabbi Yehuda is saying like this, according to me, ben kachu, ben kach yisena. According to me, you can marry her in all scenarios because we assume she was not violated, according to me. But if you the saying according to you that you think she was violated, it shouldn't matter whether you paid or not. You mean the Rabbanon? Yes. Review the saying, according to me, I think she's kosher in all scenarios. But according to you, they actually think she's violated. What? Because you spent the money? Why? It shouldn't make a difference. Rabbanon, and we'll just end with this. Why? Why is it that if you redeem her and uh, and testify, could you marry her? Because no one throws away their money. 
So if you spend the money, we assume that you legitimately know that she's kosher. But may it But if you just testified, lo and it's not enough. because we assume that you just found her attractive and then uh, you wanted to marry her, so you're going to testify falsely.